Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. Hi, Greg. This is Suzanne Mueller, your fellow podcaster. Nice to meet you. <laughs> We're having fun with tech today. One of the things I like about talking to other podcasters is we're pretty tenacious. Podcasters are like, oh, we're going to figure this out. <laughs> like ripping cables and trying to make it work. Um, so I, I always like that. And when I've talked to people who aren't podcasters, a lot of times the tech really throws them off. I mean, you know, even though we're having trouble, it's we're just like, yeah, we'll figure this out. Um, so it is kind of fun to hang out with people who are down for a technical challenge. But having said that, um, as I mentioned many times, we have a little conversation beforehand. And when I asked you uh, podcasting, what comes to mind, we started talking about networking. And you had mentioned, particularly in like what I guess society is calling COVID times in the last year and a half, you seem to find that the people that you're reaching out to are really responsive. They're really open to connection. And I was, I was wondering, is that because are, are they just not getting as much inner interaction with other people? Like they're, they're all still going out and running, but are they now running alone? And maybe they're, they're just across their whole life. They're seeking more interaction or do you have any feel for why they're more responsive these days? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't know. It feels like the runner community are just more responsive because it's we're bonding, right? So you think mm -hmm. as a runner, you always go alone. No, you actually go in groups, you train together, and then you go to a marathon race or even Ironman race. And there you do, you're, you perform alone. But the training is usually done in groups. And that's when you, you run together, you sweat together, you go in rain. In the rain, right. Any, any kind of weather. And our group, we have a saying, whether or not, Weather mm. is no factor. So we show up, we say many Saturdays, eight o'clock, we knew people would show up and then we would be two or three people in Central Park, only the crazy ones, but we would show up. And maybe that's the same for the podcasting. Everybody has a cool story. And I always want to hear their running story, but they're also their life story, which I might not have known. And one example is my friend Nevio. I know he's Italian. But he basically said he was on a boat and he jumped off the boat and he never went back to, to Italy. That is his story. And I never knew about that story. So you're also confronted with stories that you're like, oh, my God, what do I say now? And I think that's, that's pretty cool that what you can do in a, in a podcast interview. What comes out? Um, I'm, I'm curious, have you, so that's somebody that you know and were running with physically, not just yes. someone you know digitally. Mm -hmm. um, so do you use the, um, um, so uh, there's the access question. Like if you're a podcaster and you want to get access to people, do you find yourself using your podcast more just to satisfy your personal curiosity or do you use the podcast itself as like a, it's like an, a press badge, you know, like if I say I'm a podcaster, people are more likely to talk to me versus, <laughs> I, you know, some people are easy to get to and I'm just curious to talk to them. Like there's a slight different way you can deploy it. Yeah. It's funny that some people, like the, the people that I know from the running community, and I have been a running coach for the New York Roadrunners, so I know hundreds of runners a lot, right? <laughs> people, when you come and run with me in Central Party, are like, you know that person, you know that person. On any given day, you know at least three or four people, or some people you don't know, but you've seen them over and over. So I think that's that's one. And then the others... I don't know. Some people are being sent to me, so I don't even know them. But it's something, it bonds us together, the running. 
Mm. Do you, I'm wondering how much, how much do you actually talk or like, is a conversation that's had while you are running, is that noticeably different from a conversation that you can have with someone over a cup of tea or on a podcast? Oh yeah. So we have the saying, what's happening in Central Park stays in Central Park. Um, <laughs> when you train for a marathon, obviously you run for three or four hours together in a group. You have many topics and we always say, we don't need a therapist. We use the running as therapy. Mm. And also runners, I don't know, I know you're into sports, but we have many cool stories that you don't share with people who are non-runners um, maybe right. the bathroom routine, um, what you do before a race, or everybody has a cool story that they don't share with everybody. So it's it's always funny. And some people share it on the podcast and some people don't. Hmm. Do they get surprised by, I'd like, I'm, I'm wondering, so they know Suzanne, they have you like pigeonholed as a runner, like this is a runner and she's a running teacher. Do they get surprised by, I'm going to say like your mastery level of podcasting, like, like you're not new at this. So you're, you're going to ask really good questions and you're going to follow really interesting side trails, you know, as opposed to like having a, you know, checking off questions on a sheet. Does that surprise them? Like, do they go, oh, and you're actually really good at this in addition to running? Yeah, that's funny. First of all, I have a cool story. So I come to running class every Tuesday. We would meet somewhere and the lady comes up to me and she says, I think I saw you in the city, but I wasn't sure. You look so beautiful. And I, and I said to her, why didn't you say hi? And uh, she says, I, I wasn't sure it was you. And I said to her, look, I went to a meeting and I had high heel shoes on and I cannot walk in high heel shoes. So you have to say hello to me. Rather, I recognize you. So that's one story. And um, in the podcasting world, I think people don't know so much that I'm a podcaster. So when I invite them, they're like, ah, I'll be on the podcast. And when I say I have more than 225 episodes, they're like, <laughs> Oh, oh, really? Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh. So then they're like, oh. And now I think I had three or four people who uh, reached out to me for a coaching in engagement. I'm an executive coach. And they say, mm. you have a podcast. Um, maybe you can help the people also express themselves better or talk better because we know whoever says that you know, you know, you know, we have to cut it out. And I think if somebody's speaking, if you always say am, um, um, or all those filler words, right, fillers. It's it's kind of like a, I I was listening to a video the other day, and every other word was am, am, and I was like, I cannot watch that video. I stop. <laughs> there has to be some really good material buried in there before I'm wading through that. No, I'm not sorry. And this is what <laughs> I think also podcasting has taught me. It's it's about being concise having the good questions and I do not have questions lined up except when it's a different language in Spanish because my Spanish is so-so, mas o menos. So mm. I send out the questions ahead of time so we don't have a surprise. So I think sometimes I had an interview and I almost felt as if the lady did not understand me so well 
and it was easier so that we had the questions ahead of time. But other well, than that, I think that's no. completely understandable. I have never <laughs> yet tried to do a podcast. The only language that I could make a case for would be French, and my conversational French is my listening is vastly better than my speaking. And I think you make a great point about as a podcaster, we sort of self-select for getting better at language and how to use it and how to be concise and how to guide the other person. Do you find that you get a different, I know you mentioned you get different stories from runners that you already knew when you talk to them, but do you find that you get a different, like a different person shows up? Than in the running? Yeah, because they, they show up as, not as the real person, because I always think like as a runner, you show up as the real person because when you put on the shoes and your jacket and your t-shirt, everybody is on the same level in a way. Mm. But if you're like, let's say in an office, somebody's a CEO, somebody's a doctor, we had people from all walks of life. So when you have the shoes on, you're the same. Uh, and when they show up in a podcast, I want to know what they do when they don't run. Because mm. in, in a coaching session, I always ask people, what do you do when you don't work? And you get interesting stuff. So uh, I have my other friend, he is a Sikh. His name is um, Singh. And I mean, he, he runs in his turban and he's the only Sikh that, that there is in the marathon. So I mean, I had him on the podcast and he said he's an accountant. And initially when they came to the US, they were sleeping on newspaper or because he didn't have money to pay for mm -hmm. the staff, he would sleep on three chairs. I didn't know that story. I knew he was mm -hmm. a well-to-do accountant. And, uh, you know, you hear, you hear fantastic stories that you don't hear in a Tim Ferriss uh, podcast in a way. So you, you can really go onto a very personal level when you know the people, I think. I think that's a great point about, I, I don't want to say like, once you get too famous, it's hard to get good guests because obviously Tim Ferriss gets good guests, but there's something about, um, one of the things that I do with the Movers Mindset Project is we're trying to create a platform for people who, who wouldn't be heard or who may not be heard enough. Um, cause like there's tons of people, whatever, pick any, pick any vertical or running park or whatever. There's tons of people. And I'm finding that it's not that the famous people aren't pleasant or don't have great things to say, but the other people are pleasant and have great things to say as well. And I just love that experience of, I, you know, don't know what I'm going to get from this other conversation over here, but oh, look, it worked out well again. So the, like the magic of podcasting works, whether people expect, like I've been on a thousand podcasts, I'm famous, whether they expect it or whether they're like, oh, Suzanne, you have a microphone too. I wasn't expecting that. That, <laughs> that I think really shows that what we all believe that podcasting is magical, that, that it really is, that it really is a cool tool. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think is the, well, let's ask a specific question related to that. What, what do you think is someone that you've interviewed and you don't have to drop the name if you don't want to, but somebody that you've interviewed who was like the least known, most like unseen runner who had like a really impactful story to share. I mean, my friend Memo, who is the fastest runner that I know, he runs a 229 marathon in New York City. Wow. 
and 229 <laughs> is one of the 50 fastest people on this planet Earth, right? And he's yeah, training. I was thinking like three hours is great. No, <laughs> like, no, no. And he's 48 years old. And I said to him, what is it? And he says, it's the passion for the running. I do it every day and I've seen it. He runs to work and then he runs back in every weather, right? All Summer, weather. winter, whatever. He's actually training for the Boston Marathon and also the New York City, but yeah, 229. And the other one that I need to mention, because what are you doing October 9? I need to do some promo. My friend, and he was my coach for my Ironman. His name is Dan, and his brother lives in a house in Louisiana. He has been there since he was born. He's mentally challenged, and he doesn't have good eyesight. So they have a website. It's called Run for Rob. And I've interviewed him, and not only is he raising money for his brother, but he also donated part of his liver. And nine weeks later, even less than that, he did a half Ironman in Lake Placid. So when do you ever get to hear those people? Because I think we always say we want to make, we want to get the change makers. I think I get them. So with Memo, who is a Mexican who is actually also a, a, an idol for the Mexican community, but then also Run for Rob, where we can help. October 9, we'll be in Central Park. We do some burpees, we do some running. So with the podcast, you can actually also use it as a platform. I call it like grassroots in a way, right? So you, mm. you can have a message that I don't know how we would even convey it to other people. Your written form isn't the same. It's not the same to like, I, I interviewed this person and here's my experience. Like it's not the same as hearing them say it in their own words. I like that you mentioned that he's a hero to, to I would say his own people in his mm -hmm. own country. And I think there's something about, I'm still thinking about really famous guests versus guests who they may be well-known in their niche in, in running or something. Um, but when you bring in somebody who's really famous and then they share just a, like something simple, I mean, it's impressive or touching or deep, but it's just a simple thing. Like here's something simple that I did. The people who are listening, who have them up on a pedestal, I think that really helps make them go, oh, right. It's just another human being. Like, I think that's another thing that comes through very well in podcasting. Mm -hmm. If you write, I talk to this person, you know, and you write something that shows they're really just a person. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't land the same way as when you hear that person say something simple, like, you know, I went, then I went for groceries. You're like, oh, okay. You are a normal person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also want to say something about when you talk to a person and I feel it, you're in sync with the other person. You're, you feel like you're on the same wavelength. Hmm. So I had a guest and he seems like very accomplished. He has done all the seven highest summits. And then I was like, all right, we don't want a sales pitch because I've been on Kaman Kilimanjaro too. So I was like, you cannot tell me anything about Mount Kilimanjaro because I've been there. So we talk and it was very honest of him what he shared. So he went a second time and he did not get to the summit. And I was like, wow, this is tough. And, you know, leadership is like Nelson Mandela says, lead from the back and make sure that people think they're leading versus you're leading from the back. 
And then all of a sudden, and I still get goosebumps, he says, I was in South Africa when Nelson Mandela died. And that moment, I mean, I didn't know that he was there. I just quoted that quote because I love this quote. And it had such an impact, maybe only for me, but it was just phenomenal. This was like a, I don't know, a turning moment for me of like, wow, this is what we can do in the podcast world. It's it's always interesting how um, something happens when I'm talking to a guest on a podcast and I just sit there and think, well, like, that's amazing. Like, what are the chances of, you know, your life and my life, like, as you're describing those stories, those two vastly different stories came together in that one moment, like, like literally on a conversation that's being recorded, they come together. And then I think, yeah, but there was something that made you want to talk to that person. There was something in the back of your mind that, that went, eh, this person's probably just doing the book tour, but you know what? I think I'll talk like there, there are so many little subtle things that I think I miss that when I, when I get to the magical moment, then I go, well, I don't know what the subtlety was that I'm <clears throat> not seeing right now, but it was there. Like I, yeah. this was not a completely random thing. There was mm-hmm. something that I picked up on and that they picked up on when they said, yes, yeah, somehow it came through in the email yeah. or whatever. Medium yeah, I, was I don't using. know. I don't know what mm-hmm. it is. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was a person I didn't know. Somebody said, you have to interview that person. And I was like, all right, uh, let me see. But I'm very happy that we had that mm-hmm. exchange. And also, I think when you... Let's say I interviewed a person, a Swiss person. She does 10 Ironman in 10 days. Whoa. A little crazy. <laughs> and I said to her, look, some people go to work from nine to five. You're basically doing an Ironman from nine to five. And she's like, yeah, you get it. And then I asked her, what do you eat? How do you sleep? How many shoes do you have? All the practical stuff because right. I know. And she says, you understand. You understand. And the same it was, I was interviewing our mutual uh, colleague, Monica from Lithuania, the piano player, mm-hmm. fantastic person. The episode will come out. And at one point I said to myself, I want to ask her different questions. And I said to her, because I just wrote the book, Lipstick Leadership, what kind of a lipstick do you put on? You shouldn't have seen her face. She was like, nobody ever has asked me that question. Or I asked her a question because... I think there's a difference of reciting, composing, training, or performing. Mm. And I said to her, what do you like? And she was like, that's a very good question. So I think sometimes because I've had so many episodes, I'm getting used to asking maybe different questions. And with the running and the Ironman, I understand what you go through at the in the morning when you have to get up at four o'clock or so I, I can feel what that person potentially can feel before the event. Well, I'm not at a loss for more questions, but I'm watching <laughs> the time. And I. <laughs> the hardest part about this podcast show is stopping somewhere around 20 minutes. And I, I think I will just save my questions for another conversation. I thank you so much for taking the time, for helping me beat the technology into submission so we could get it recorded. And I look forward to hearing what you create. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much.